0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode in the continuing adventures of the shrink and the pundit. I'm Jeff Salzman, the pundit, and I am here as always with our resident shrink integral psychotherapist extraordinaire, Dr. Keith Witt. How are you doing, Hi, Dr. Keith?
1: Doing really good today. Hi, everybody.
0: So, today, you and I are going to take on the topic of masculinity and particularly this idea that's arising in the culture of toxic masculinity. Yeah. And in the last week, we have had a couple eruptions of this controversy. One is the new American Psychological Association guidelines for the treatment of men and boys. Mm-hmm. And the other is a commercial from Gillette, the razor company, and we could look at both of those. But uh, let's start with the APA guidelines. And these are your people, Keith. So tell me, what, 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 are, what are they up to and what's going on here?
1: Well, first of all, uh, the APA has had guidelines from 2005 to now. This is the newest version oh, of the I guidelines. See. And so, and the reason why I'm saying that is that there is a large body of research that has been done about the attitudes towards men and boys in the culture and what happens um, in the interplay between cultural standards and development and being in the world. And so the APA put out this, the American Psychological Association, put out these guidelines for the psychological treatment of boys and men. Now, in the, the, the APA, is in, very, in a lot of ways, it's a very amber organization. It has a lot of rules and a lot of precise definitions. Um, guidelines are not standards. You know, standards are uh, of psychological practice. If you violate them, you're in, in violation of, of ethics or maybe even laws. Guidelines are just that. They, they're saying that according to our understanding of the world, these are things that we need to know and these are best practices in dealing with the world. Okay? And so they've done a lot of research, there's been a lot of research done on cultural attitudes towards men and boys. Now they acknowledge in the guidelines that there's many different forms of masculine ideology, and they call them masculine ideology or masculinities in it. But statistically speaking, there are large numbers of men and boys that ascribe to certain characteristics of the masculine. Um, Some of them are good. And, you know, these are represented in the guidelines, though not as much as the bad ones as usual, because the, the 20th century emphasis has been on psychopathology and psychology, as we've talked about before. Right. But, you know, courage, leadership, good fatherhood are heavily represented. But there's also aspects of traditional masculine ideology that, have, that, are, that cause problems, that cause physical, have it's been associated with psychological and physical problems and, and pathologies and so on. Now, what are these? And these, these are shared by vast numbers of men and boys around this country. One of them is anti-femininity where it's considered a bad, and we're really heavily in the lower left quadrant here, bad to be like a girl, act like a woman, and so on. And when I was a kid, as when you were a kid, that was considered a primary insult to a boy. You're acting like a girl or a sissy and so on. So anti-femininity, a hyper-focus on achievement. Um, Achievement, um, uh, uh, winning, winning and achievement. Um, causes problems. A uh, hyper-focus on power, power over other people, um, power in the world, needing power, wanting to have power, that causes problems. Um, uh, uh, the competition, with competition, with the uh, disproportionate emphasis on winning and defeating your opponent, um, um, personal achievement or control or being in positions of power. And there's also, there's a lot of um, masculine uh, standards around uh, not showing weakness. Um, yeah, it's
0: like, it's as if you're describing somebody we all know
1: who <laughs> lim- in the White House. All right. Uh, yes. Pennsylvania Avenue. He really is an exemplar for almost everything that's bad. And then the restriction <laughs> of emotion. Um, huh? particularly restriction of affection with other men. And yeah,
0: their... uh, anger's okay. There are some emotions that are more okay than others.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, so they, they have lots of research that shows that, that these things lead to problems. One of the problems is what they call gender role strain. Gender role strain is there's, there's, there's pressure from the culture for me to conform to these things. And in trying to do that, I experience stress. And then there's general role, gender role conflict where, I, where who I experience myself to be is a direct conflict with what the culture says is okay to be a man. I'm sensitive. The culture says men aren't supposed to be sensitive. I feel bad, causes symptoms. I'm gay. Culture says I'm supposed to be straight. I feel bad, causes symptoms. And so on and so on and so on. And this is associated with bullying, domestic violence, incarceration, psychotherapists uh, diagnosing externalizing things with, guy, with boys like conduct disorder rather than depression or anxiety. They're more likely to diagnose that with girls. More likely to use psychotropic drugs to try to control behavior in boys. There's a, uh, there's a ridiculous and astounding and horrifying amount of, of cyanopsychotics being prescribed to children basically for social control, largely to boys.
0: Now is this critiqued in the, these guidelines? Cause yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's a very positive thing.
1: It is. The guidelines, the guidelines, I was reading them, okay? I read them in detail and went over them, and they're, they're positive. It's a, it was courageous of the APA to begin this conversation, to put this stuff out. This is controversial stuff.
0: Right. Well, okay? and the reason it's controversial is, is that it feeds into an uh, idea and a meme that is arising that masculinity itself is toxic. And masculinity itself is just basically the, the representation of the patriarchy, which has been you know causing suffering for untold millennia, and it's time that it's over. And this idea has become a core truth in political, progressive, academic philosophy. And it is being met with a considerable blowback from the traditionalists. I noticed on YouTube, on the Gillette ad, that it's being downvoted about twice as much as it's being upvoted.
1: Isn't that interesting?
0: We've gotten tons of blowback on these APA guidelines from conservatives, and, and not just conservatives, but really thoughtful people like Andrew Sullivan.
1: Yeah, progressives.
0: Who, yeah, who we both uh, admire and see a lot of integral sensibility in Andrew. And yeah. here's, here's, a, here's a paragraph that he wrote. First of all, he, he, he gives us a quote from the APA guidelines, which is, traditional masculinity marked by stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression is, on the whole, harmful. So, Andrew comments. So, therefore, men should presumably learn to be the opposite, emotionally inconstant, collaborative, submissive, and passive. If that's the kind of man you want to be, much more like a sexist stereotype of a woman an army of psychologists are ready to help you
1: now andrew that andrew is making a mistake here in my opinion now that's first of all i want to say that that i was irritated by the guidelines also and i was irritated because the apa which is a basically an amber and green organization makes the same mistake the green almost always makes it's really good at deconstructing the problems, but really not good at all at creating a positive, constructed, integrated perspective that can guide us. And this is what we're gonna be talking about later on and t- today, because that's what Integral can provide. And, and that's been part of my life's work, providing that to men and to women. It's part of David Data's life work. It's part of John Gray's life work. And these forms, these integrated forms exist the APA has antibodies to these forms, and that's a green bias. Now, what happens with us? Now, let
0: me stop you there for a second. W- give me an example of these forms that you're talking about.
1: Okay. Well, the, my my personal favorite, I think that it, in masculine development, you you grow from boy to acolyte to warrior to man of wisdom. Okay. That is a, de- a developmental progression of the masculine that works for almost every uh, person that I've ever articulated it to, men and women, they like that progression, okay? Um, If you look into any, if you look into all the romance novels that women write and for women and women read, the hero of those novels has certain qualities that are warrior and man of wisdom qualities. He is true to his values in the the face of adversity. He does not sacrifice them for personal aggrandizement or for gratification. He doesn't betray other people. Um, He has integrity. He has masculine presence. He's unafraid of his sexuality and her sexuality and is comfortable leading them into a shared sexuality that that is joyful for both of them. He is eminently trustable. He is self-aware and invested in his own development as a man and in the relational development, okay? Those are the guys that are the heroes in all the romance novels, the most commonly sold book in the United States. And that is the warrior and the man of wisdom. And if I articulate those to people, to men and women, they like it. If I articulated those values to all the people who wrote these guidelines, they say, sure, we, we definitely go along with that. And if I said, well, why didn't you put that vision into your guidelines, they would come up with some green excuse about how they can't speculate and come up with theoretical stuff or they haven't done the research or whatever, okay? But mostly what it is is that green bias towards um, deconstructing but not constructing. Well, it also, a, t- it also actually,
0: I think, a green bias towards femininity. And I'm not necessarily saying this is a bad thing, but <laughs> if we look at history, the 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 masculine sort of stereotype, and even the negative one, the stoic, dominating, aggressive stereotype, was actually functional for most of human history.
1: It's still it, functional.
0: It, it, fair, fair enough. And that's, but that's an integral view where we want to say, so how can we bring that back into a new integration? But Green's not at that integration yet. Green is still feeling the sting and the, you know, uh, wounds of that kind of masculinity and their job is is to feminize i i you know it it just is and and that's not a bad thing because the feminine the feminine needs to come online in some balance with the masculine and also just to put this on the table and this is i think another green insight that's good to be separated from gender so yes Women can have the masculine positive, and men can have the feminine positive. And there's this new integration that is, you know, we can actually see it happening, if you think of men now versus our fathers. I mean, we
1: we can feel it it happening in our own consciousness.
0: Yes, and and in our kids and, and their generation, it's happening at warp speed.
1: You know, this topic is near and dear to my heart, Because when I came into psychotherapy, you know, I was training in the early 70s, I came in as a martial artist, and there was just a lot of limp, green, um, fake, emasculating stuff going on, and my job when I became a teacher was to bring the warrior into that. Now, on the other hand, I was seeing the APA, in in 1973, the DSM, had uh, homosexuality listed as psychopathology I, w- I wasn't down with that and I wasn't down with this other stuff and so until I discovered integral I was personally kind of an outlier around all this stuff and so of course what we want to look for is what's the healthy manifestation of every single one of these characteristics and the unhealthy manifestation and healthy and unhealthy is not generally um, an ambiguous it, everything is relative green thing you know, if, if someone is being bullied in my presence, it is a healthy thing for me to interrupt that. I will not tolerate that in my presence. And it's an unhealthy thing for me to allow it to happen and sit and suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. Um, If I have an impulse to violate a personal core value in interest of self-aggrandizement or fear or gratification, and I do that, I feel diminished as a man. And if I stand up for that value, I feel better as a man. And if I'm observed by men or women, they will find me more attractive and admirable, standing up for my sacred values, and less attractive and less admirable if I violate them. Isn't that great? It is great. And this is a vision that we can share but we have to step into it and to step into it requires an, an integral understanding which is g- this document these guidelines go in and out of that they're closest to it when they're describing fatherhood because they're protecting children and their data about fatherhood is completely accurate it's overwhelming um warren farrell's been doing this for years as, as has the, have, have the rest of us but he's done really a lot of the similar research showing how much better children do when they have fathers who are engaged, psychologically sophisticated, but also engaged in competition, engaged in rough and tumble play, teach children about appropriate and inappropriate, healthy and unhealthy violence. And the whole concept of healthy and unhealthy violence is something that the APA walks away from. If they walk away from healthy and unhealthy dominance, they walk away from healthy and unhealthy sexuality, they especially walk away from healthy and unhealthy sexual instruction, and sexual flourishing from birth onward. And the absence of that in the guidelines is really irritating. And so Andrew kind of has a green bias towards the green bias, if you get what I mean. You know, he sees these things, he gets irritated, and he just dismisses the guidelines rather than looking more deeply into the basic messages and recognizing It's not the presence of what they're talking about that's the problem. It's the absence of an integrative view of masculine development, masculine presence, and quality masculine engagement with women, men, and the world. It's the absence of that that makes the guidelines irritating, not the presence of what they've got, Right, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things... Actually, why don't we insert the Gillette commercial? Case?
1: Yeah, this is perfect time. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's
0: do it. All right, so uh, this will give people a transmission of some of what we're talking about here. This is a, uh, it's actually a short movie is how they bill it from Gillette. It's about a minute and 40 seconds.
1: Bullying. The Me the Too movement against sexual harassment. masculinity. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? <laughs> what I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But be something boys. finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. But she says And there will be no going back. Because we, we believe in the best in men.
0: Men need to hold other men accountable.
1: Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. To act the right way. Bro, not cool. Not cool. Some already are. In ways big. Young men! And small. I am strong. I am strong. But some is not enough.
0: So now we treat each other, okay? Okay.
1: Because the boys watching today will be the men.
0: there now that wasn't so bad i liked it <laughs> i did too it's inspiring you know, in a way
1: there's only one part of it that, a couple parts i don't like one part that i don't like is i don't like how they pathologize guys looking at beautiful women and wanting them you know we're gonna look at beautiful women and we're gonna want beautiful women and, and now there's appropriate ways healthy ways of doing that not just healthy for guys healthy for women and and enjoyable and there's unhealthy ways and so it 's you know this, this reminds me of Bina 's whole work on polarities you 're always just looking for the healthy and unhealthy expression, and if that is a standard, well then that 's really great for everybody, including developing children right, right. now yeah. one thing the APA tends to do is it tends to demand that everybody be at a different value meme than they are sometimes
0: and that that 's the um, sort of even the resist whatever resistance I have to that commercial, and I basically think it's doing God's work and as a positive force of the world, I'm, I'm,
1: yeah.
0: I'm for it. Uh, but I, I wanna make sure that as we move into a new evolutionary stage, that it's about including all of it. And yes. we don't want to limit and we don't want to homogenize. And so we want the full range of masculine and feminine behaviors and attitudes and all that stuff to be available to everybody at, at any time, and that uh, the co- that commercial feels feels a little pinched around oh, yeah. some of that. So that's my that's my problem.
1: I think that's I think that's a, a valuable critique. You know, psycho- psychological research has shown that the healthier you get, the more of a wide range of emotion emotional expression you have. Uh, What integral tells us is that there's an optimal response to every situation. Well, that optimal response isn't just a thought or, you know, a movement. That optimal starts as a state of consciousness that involves a robust self, all right? Okay, so there is a robust self of the ravager in man, okay? There's a healthy version, and there's a healthy version. There is a robust self of the ravaged, you know, in a woman, healthy and unhealthy version. And, like let me
0: just say there 's a healthy and unhealthy version of a ravisher and ravished in male homosexual relationships and yes. female homosexual relationships i 'm assuming, but I know firsthand on the former
1: yes yes, uh, yes. and <laughs> yes 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 and, and 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 most of us are a mix of those things you know uh, uh, certainly, I can empathize with almost all of them. And in any given moment if there's one that's appropriate i want to be able to do it and not be restricted remember restricted emotionality was one of those things restricted is that my being wants to do one thing but i'm restricting it because i'm afraid that the culture is going to get pissed off at me with justifiably by the way the culture will get pissed off at me in certain certain cultures will get pissed off at you and will attack you for being different That's the nature of Amber, and we all have to grow through Amber. Elementary school kids especially are living in Amber. And so if they don't have very, very expert supervision and guidance, the kids that are different are going to be discriminated against. And if they do have expert uh, guidance and and training, when the discrimination begins, it becomes teaching moments for both the the bullies and the victims.
0: Don't don't you think we're making really great progress there?
1: Oh. More more than people give us credit for. The integral age is blossoming all around the world. And I just I just there's so much crap happening. People really aren't seeing it. But it really is the, the upstart spring beneath all the detritus that, that we're having to deal deal with. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and so I'm hopeful about it. and and so this the, the, the pushback that the people are giving around the guidelines and around this commercial, um What do you need to add to that to make it a full version of a man, a present man?
0: All right. Well, well, let me uh, put forth another argument that the resistance to this stuff is putting out. What traditional people are afraid of is this operationalization of critical theory that Mm -hmm. says that everything is a cultural construct, and there's really no such thing as nature and the nature-nurture kind of uh, uh, polarity. Exactly. and so this is a skirmish in that bigger war and people are recognized. people who are allergic to that critical theory that everything's a cultural construct that, you know the power of the patriarchy and all of that sort of thing uh, they really they have a problem with this and um So, I would ask you that, Keith, you you know, you and I both just made, I think, a very inspiring case that all behaviors ought to be uh, available to all people regardless of gender and so forth. Yes, we did. But, isn't there still something to the fact that
1: men are (laughs) full of testosterone? Yes, and this is, now this is another critique I have of the guidelines. Evolutionary psychology is not in these guidelines. Um, Neurobiology is not in these guidelines. Um, The the very real developmental, psychological, and behavioral and social differences between boys and girls and men and women are not in these guidelines. It's almost as if they're relating to us as like these, these disembodied consciousness that didn't arise from primates that were living out in the, and you know, there are social organizations associated with every species of primate. We can look at the gorillas and chimpanzees and rhesus monkeys, and they all have typical social organizations that are genetically driven, as do human beings. There are always going to be dominance hierarchies. There's always going to be the pair bond. There's always going to be jealousy. There's always going to be desire and betrayal and sexuality and romance and and so on. There are going to be social constructs to try to control our sexuality and our dominance one way or another, our violence one way or another. I mean, this all happens. This all happens in us. Now, what a very legitimate critique of green is if you pathologize, say, sexuality and dominance in, in developing kids, what you're doing is you're creating gender role conflict because they'll feel that stuff coming out and they'll go, oh, I must be bad because of something. Okay? And instead, of, and what, what does that do? It causes them to try to hide it. We hide what we're ashamed of. And if you hide it, Then you can't process it and integrate it. It's I advise people, they say, when should we start talking to our children about sex? I say start talking to your children about sex when your children begin to speak. That's when you start. And you have that conversation the rest of their lives with them and with everybody else. Really? Really? When do we start talking to children about violence? When they begin to speak, you start talking to them about violence. And before that, they've had nonverbal training about it. So, so it's a really valid critique of these guidelines, and when I first read them, I was super pissed about the absence of all this stuff, which made me want to discount all the other good stuff in it. And I read it through, and I went, "This is a lot of good stuff, but it's really missing that." And you're right. The more we're in touch with that stuff, and we're authentic and we integrate it, the more substantive we are, and we can tell all of us, men and women, we can tell a guy that is connected with his masculine core and embodying his values and a guy who's not. And there's a difference. And the guy who does has an edge, but that's no, the way it's, it works. It's,
0: it's, it's irresist- <clears throat> excuse me, it's irresistible, you know, to, to write onto a person like that. They're, they're just, they're, there's a certain magnetism and charisma to a man who is, you know, holding all of that. And, and also I would say to a woman who has strength and, you know, some of the things that used to be women were deprived of. Uh, So, which brings me to another question, and that is, how about toxic femininity? Uh Uh-huh. Now,
1: first of (laughs)
0: all— Is there such a thing? Do they address it in the APA guidelines for treatment of women and
1: girls? No. Now, there's two things. One, the term toxic masculinity doesn't appear in this document. Right, okay? you know some aspects of traditional masculinity are toxic. Okay, that sentence appears, but toxic masculinity is such a exciting meme that that's how it's all been characterized. But it doesn't appear in the document. Secondly, I think that there's a green bias around having the same attitude towards towards the unhealthy aspects of feminine um, ideologies um, and talking about it. Yeah. Toxic femininity, for instance, body image stuff that, 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 is, that plagues girls, um, for instance, you know, assertion stuff. You know, how many women in, in my practice over the last 45 years struggled to be able to ask for what they want and say no because there was a, there was a cultural pressure on them to say yes and not ask for what they want.
0: Yeah, and then and, and oftentimes they're also exerting power passively and manipulatively. And, you know, we all know what that is.
1: Yes, we do. We all do. know women like that. We well, all know also, like that. Also, okay, so you get a bunch of women together who have one or two-year-olds, okay? They're with the, and then a bunch of guys, okay? And they're all in separate rooms, Okay, the guys are bitching about how their wives won't have sex with them and about you know how you do and the women are all bitching about how their guys don't really get it and so on, and they don't really realize that this is a big problem, and that 70% of people three years after the birth of the first child are doing worse because of this kind of stuff. And this is unhealthy versions of traditional masculine and feminine ideologies. And so when people come in, I teach them, you don't want to do that. In that area, you want to be an outlier. You want to be in that group saying, no, I love my husband. You want to be that guy talking, you know, we started having sex again three or four months after the birth. And, you know, and we started being a lot more affectionate and sensual with each other because that's what we needed to do to stay connected through all these the, the trials of having children. You want to be that guy. You want to be that woman. You want to be somebody spreading that integrative message of being the healthy masculine and the healthy feminine. And we need you know, if you want to make a, a really healthy guy, give him a great feminine partner that he's willing to receive influence from, and the, together, they're what my Aunt Dorothy calls the two wings of the dove. You know, the person that has helped me be a better man in my life, a better warrior in my life, a better man of wisdom more than anyone else has been my wife, Becky. And how has she done it? She suffers when I'm not my best self, and she lights up when I am, okay? Okay. okay that dynamic has guided me for 45 years okay and yeah i have a lot of feminine characteristics and she has a lot of masculine characteristics but in the sexual occasion she's more feminine i'm more masculine and we like it that way now some people don't and that's fine if they don't okay but it's if but it's not fine with me if they're not fine with themselves and i'll take a stand for that with when people come to say, "You know, I don't like myself because I have these submission fantasies," right? You know, in one study, two-thirds of gay guys like being bottoms. Okay, but they want to appear more masculine because they're anxious about it. Okay, I thought, oh God, you know. So somebody comes in and says, "Well, I like being submissive, but I don't like that about myself." Well, if that's what gets you off, you need to learn how to like it about yourself and figure out a way of doing it that works for you. Or, if, yeah. or I don't like, you know, wanting to ravish my partner. Well, if, you look, if that's what you like, we need to find a healthy expression of that because, frankly, it's not okay with me for you to, to alienate some aspect of yourself because some cultural standard has told you it's bad. Okay? That's not good for your health or your spirit. And, and there's another absence in the guidelines, complete absence of spirituality. The sacred, the sacred father, the sacred husband, the sacred lover, uh, the warrior and the man of wisdom. These are all intensely spiritually charged archetypes that have guided men for, not just for millennia, probably since consciousness began, in the, as we know it, 200,000 years ago. Okay, those are powerful archetypes that we need to access to feel spiritually connected with the universe.
0: <clears throat> Could we ever expect the APA to embrace that sort of thing? You know, I... uh, you know they're, 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 they're pretty... Scientific and the social science kind of way. Um, And that just, you know, it's not going to go there.
1: You know, I resigned from the APA 25 years ago because I just got too frustrated with Flatland. Yeah. And some of their positions, it took them a long time to come out against torture. Didn't take me a long time to come out of tort. It took me about 10 seconds to come out of it. You know, it took them a long time to say, well, I, I guess that the homosexuality isn't a disease. You know, stuff like right. that, you know, or, you know, some treatment if we haven't done, if, it ha- if, if it's not um, evidence based treatment, then we're going to ignore it. So, you know, but th- again, thank,
0: <laughs> I know, but, but thank God for the people who sort of keep themselves in a box of at least. Facts, you know, or at least sometimes they're slippery facts, especially in social science, but they're still trying to keep themselves in that box. And that's the piece that they bring to the party. Yes. So that's fine. So as integralists, we can say, okay, that's a good piece you're bring to the party. In this case, you're skewing a little green with this critical theory. That's fine too. There's gifts to that, there's limitations to that. But the integral thing is just gonna want to move beyond and include all of it, you know, yes. include more of it.
1: And if, if we, if, if, if anyone, anyone of the, guy, the guys or women that wrote these guidelines were part of this conversation, almost all of them would agree with almost everything we're saying. Yeah. Now, and, and, I, and if I said, well, how come you're not putting that in your articles? How come you're not putting that in your guidelines? They would come up with some right quadrant rationalization but basically what that's doing is it's reflecting um um, a left quadrant allergy towards taking a proactive stand for an integrative vision of what is healthy masculinity or healthy femininity Um, and so as psychologists i believe i uh, we have responsibilities to take those stands and i take those stands and sometimes i get pushback uh, from, from Amber. I get pushed back from Green, from some of the... Not often, but occasionally. So,
0: Keith, in the notes you sent me, mm-hmm. you laid out, I think, a very beautiful path to move uh, forward into this more integral sensibility around all of this masculinity, femininity, and so forth. And it's a move from selfish values to spiritual values,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or sacred values.
1: Often, w- when when someone, and this has been happening in Amber forever, for 10,000 years. You know, one of the things that, that when, when, they, when the guidelines were talking about microaggressions or privilege, like people feel like they have extra um, uh, power and privilege because they're, they're, they're in the in-group and there's people on the out-group. Part of me found, was kind of grinding my teeth because I'm going, everybody has an Amber side where there's people on the in-group that have more, privileges and people on the outgroups that don't. For instance, you have a lot more privileges than the guy down the street with me because you're on the in-group, you're my good friend. You know, there's a lot more sacrifices I'll make, would make for you than I would make for him. Okay. I don't think that makes me a bad guy. I think that makes me a human being that is realistic about how I organize the hierarchies of my life. That being said, um, uh, unhealthy Amber will objectify and exploit. Um, and they pretend, like the Spanish Inquisition, that you're doing it for your own good, but you're not. Okay. Now, what do sacred values do? Sacred values maintain the dignity of the individual, and they're respectful. Um, martial arts is a good example of this. You know, the, the concept of of healthy hypermasculine cultures is a good example of this. You know, the 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 guidelines subtly um, dis hypermasculinity. Hypermasculine cultures are quite beautiful. The karate studios I studied in were hypermasculine cultures where dignity and respect were core values that everybody was expected to follow. And if you didn't, bad things happened to you, and we didn't mind that. Um, the Navy SEALs is a hypermasculine culture that that, ha- that has created one of the best protective forces in the world, and that and that culture is a beautiful culture. And The Navy SEALs I've talked to have been warriors, moving into men of wisdom, very impressive men. Some fraternities are unhealthy hyper-masculine cultures. And so again, what we're looking at is, what's the difference? Sacred values tend to be values that are sourced in that inner self that is wise and caring and kind, doesn't objectify other people, but you know moves forward on purpose, um, sacrificing for sacred values, sacrificing for self, sacrificing for others, sacrificing for a cause. Um, that tends to be beautiful stuff. That tends to help us grow. You know, when we, sh- when we shift into um, exploiting other people, um, we tend to degrade our consciousness and degrade, degrade everything else. And, you know, the research actually supports this.
0: Oh, and, um, and, 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 and in real experience, you can feel it. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I'm in exploitative mode, I, I feel it, you know, yep. to the degree that I'm aware of it, at least. And I don't like it. You know, it's, a, it's, 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 it, it's definitely sucking the life out of me. And the, the self-sacrifice is, in a way, the opposite. You don't want it to be sort of shallow, stupid self-sacrifice. Right. But to give yourself to a cause greater than yourself, you know, you kind of can't beat that.
1: Which brings us to boy, to acolyte, to warrior, to man of wisdom. Um, If you're moving into the warrior archetype, you need ordeals, and ordeals are dangerous. Now, if we don't provide those for our kids and our teenagers, they're going to go provide them for themselves and go risk their lives. And accidental death is the number one cause of death between kids between 1 and 44. And so what we go is, okay, what are the appropriate risks? Let's prepare you for the appropriate risks. Take the appropriate risks, particularly the ones that are life-threatening, like driving, and make sure that you understand what you're dealing with. Have the ordeals, deal with the mistakes, learn from them, and in the process discover yourself. Okay, that's what ordeal does to the development of the warrior. It's necessary. It's important, and violence is part of that. Okay, fear is part of that. You don't you don't discover courage unless you're experiencing fear.
0: Okay? And, and boy, I mean, you talk about how you had martial arts as the sort of vehicle for that for you. Yes. Very few guys have that. Very few boys have that. I mean, sports to some degree. Sports helps. uh, Yeah, sports helps. Um, Even hunting. uh, You know, that kind of wilderness experience is great. Uh, But a lot of boys have basically nothing.
1: Right. And the boys that have fathers that do rough and tumble play, that do competition and teach them how to be good winners and losers, um, those boys do so much better than boys that don't have it. And so we need that. And you know, fathers need to learn how to do it. And we're, we're not teaching fathers adequately. Half the fathers in this country don't think they're doing a good job as fathers. Okay, well, why not? I mean, we have, them, we have them until they're 18 years old in an educational system, and they're 18 and they haven't, they haven't learned how to be a good father. There are lots of women's studies classes in college. How many men's studies classes are there in st- colleges? Hardly any at all. You know,
0: yeah. No, you know, it's, it's almost like we're going to look back on this modern age as the, the age of, I mean, it's been called this, the age of alienation, the age of atomization. Yeah. You know, hopefully in the sacred world to come, we will have figured out how to bring back those dense relationships that occur in pre-modern cultures. And, yes. and the, you know, the, 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 the journey that people take, that they're very aware of in pre-modern cultures, in terms of trials and growth and, and, and you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and we'll bring that back online and look back on this modern age as, you know, certainly the age of technological marvels and all kinds of good stuff, but also an age of emptiness in terms of our human capacities and human relations. And, um, you know, that's becoming clearer to me as I think about this.
1: You know, people talk a lot about integration, but, but what is really an integrated consciousness? I mean, what is it? If you think about it, an integrated consciousness is a consciousness that never loses contact with your wisest self. Once you're, no matter what state you're in, no matter how you're manifesting your type, no matter what kind of weirdness is going on, You continue to have access to that wisest self. You're an integrated consciousness. And you can't do that unless you're an authentic expression of whoever you are. You know, a tribal society would help people discover who they are. This is good tribal society, healthy tribal society, and be true do that you know when i wake up in the morning i go up and i take a glass of water and i go outside and i raise it up to the sun and i feel all the feminine energy of the universe coming through that water through my body and becoming masculine as it goes into the earth a shaman taught me that ceremony i don't know 20 years ago and i do it every single morning now i every single value meme in me experiences that ceremony differently there's a part of me that thinks that, that, it, that you know, that it's happening. I'm one of the avatars that's, that's, that's making this happen. Part of me thinks this is a, a form that I go through to help me organize myself. You know, part of me is being, just being faithful. You know, we do our practices to be faithful. A part of me goes, this is opening me up for, few, for further development. All those parts of me do uh, come together when I do that ceremony because, you know, they're all real in, inside me. I don't know. Um. It yeah. feels right to do that, as well as other practices. When I, you know, if a man is suffering, often he needs to discover what what is the core yearning for him to be in terms of an embodied masculine person, you know, the, the warrior man of wisdom, perhaps, even the divine artist, the divine husband, the divine lover, all those things, the, the divine friend. If you're yearning to be that, then and you moved towards that and do the work on your own trauma and and so on, you become more integrated. And as you do that, you feel more strong, simultaneously more empty and more full. And this is where agency and communion, emptiness and fullness, come together in all of us. And of course, you can have Ripley who can just go kick ass, warrior stuff, and you can have some, you can have Oscar Wilde on the other side, you know, doing everything. There's always exceptions, and we want to respect all of them, and that's what the APA does with diversity, but what they miss, of course, what Green almost always misses, is that there's larger forms that exist that are coming up from our genetic groups and our spiritual groups and from the archetypes, and we ignore those forms at at, at our peril. And, and so, in integral, we bring those forms back and we integrate them into this, all this great social research and all this other stuff that the APA brings, and we come up with these more complete, more full, more integrated ideas of what it means to be a man and a woman and a sexual being and a father and a friend and so on, that are substantive, you know, that don't have that kind of shallow, weak, limp quality yep, that Andrew right Sullivan is so pissed about when he reads right. guidelines. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah. right on. Well said. Brother Keith, yeah, Thank man. you. <laughs> All right. Well, are we good.
1: We're good. Think I'm good. Think with we it.
0: got this thing uh, squared away.
1: I think. I think that we do. I, you know, I, I, I wanted one. One thing about this that, that was was challenging for me personally, is as I went into it, I kept on falling into the same place that Andrew must, Andrew Sullivan must have fallen into. I'd get irritated and and have these impulses to dismiss the whole field or the whole thing me too and and i went no keith let's let's look at look at look at a whole vision of the guidelines a whole vision of the apa that whole vision was almost always mostly a positive thing it it made me it what it made me want to do is meet with them and share with them and discuss this with them create a dialectic with them about what what's what, what's possible, how could how, how the APA could be so much more wonderful if we brought these spiritual elements in, these archetypal elements into the basic framework. And I, and I want to do that. And I try to do that when I'm talking to a more traditional psycholo- psychology audiences. Um, and I'm really working at my own inherent, you know, resistances and, and right. antibodies.
0: Yeah, that's all part of the fun.
1: Oh, but yeah, that's all part. Of it. Yeah. Well said, Jeff.
0: <laughs> well, and you know, they can get your guidelines too, you know, at Dr. Keith <laughs> com.
1: That's right. right. Anything Dr. new? With,
0: anything new with uh, your work?
1: Oh, right now I'm still working on my Trauma into Transcendence book, um, wanting to bring some of these elements into the, the field of trauma. Um, and also I'm beginning to do more teaching about integrally informed psychotherapy. Um, I, I think integral has an awful lot to offer and, and there's been the books on it and there's people in, in the field. And and so far the larger field of, of, of psychology hasn't really tapped the potential. And so I'm doing more of that work these days.
0: Well, and, and, and how many books have you written now?
1: I have published eight.
0: Yeah. So, you know, you're, You really are putting your stake in the ground and moving us forward here. So, you know,
1: yeah, there's an integrally informed cosmology of of psychology, psychotherapy development and including the man. You know, in my book on shadow, um, there was a chapter on the warrior of man of wisdom. And then there was a chapter on the many paths to the woman of wisdom. And I think that really is true. I think men pretty much have to go through warrior, man of wisdom, women can go through the sex goddess to the woman of wisdom and the divine mother to the woman of wisdom and the divine artist and the divine healer, all those archetypes are available to men, but men will suffer if they don't embody the warrior um, and the man of wisdom, in my experience women seem to have more variation in their developmental paths hmm. towards women. Of, and that's, I think, one of many differences between men and women that I find fascinating and beautiful.
0: Yeah. Well, it's all fascinating and beautiful. It's
1: all fascinating and beautiful.
0: All right, Dr. Keith. Thank you so much for joining me again for and the Pundit. And thank thanks, you. everybody, for joining us. And we will see you back here next time.
1: Much love to everybody. Much love.